Free Talk Lives, live Saturday edition. That's right. You heard me correctly. This is a live Saturday edition. I know, I know the people around America are not used to live programming on a Saturday night, especially a nationally syndicated live program, but it's true. You can give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. This is, uh, that's the Sickle CAI call-in line. This is Mark. And Stephanie. And, uh, you know, the, I, uh, you can go to freetalklive.com and we have an interactive website. Not only can you take control of the airwaves, you can go ahead and take control of the website. You can post your own stories there. Uh, you know, b- uh, Other people are doing the same. You can vote them up, vote them down. They can do the same. And, well, it's it's a little, you know, move. stories are moving up and down all the time. It's like a little <laughs> stock market of stories. Uh, and know. find all the ways to listen to the show because they have so much free content and so much, so many different ways to listen. Stephanie, you're you're part of the show now. It's we, not they. That's true. I am in that we. I'm not in the we that's included when people talk about the you know the government bombing people, right? Like, oh, we we that bombed we. this country. I'm not in that we, but I am in the free talk live. You're in the free talk we, live <laughs> we, and we are glad to have you. Thank you. And uh, you know, the I'd say the big news story of this week has been kind of the the presidential stuff. Everybody's yeah. everybody wants to be that Republican that's going to take over. And and uh, for the country from Barack Obama. And uh, I think that the Iowa straw poll was just announced uh, con- the conclusions today. And Very recently, yeah. Uh, well, you've got a story on that, right, Stephanie? I sure do, yeah. And I, before we start this, I just want to say, like, I kind of wonder, maybe people could call in and let us know, but I kind of wonder how many people who are listening to the show are, are interested in politics, how many are kind of um, apolitical, kind of ignore it and leave it by the wayside, and how many really follow it closely and really pay a lot of attention. I'm just curious. This is commercial talk radio, and I suspect the percentage of people that follow politics as a horse race mm-hmm. are lar- is larger. Yeah, here. I suspect that too. But overall, it seems like a lot of people in general, in the general public, just are kind of apolitical. Right? About what fifty percent of the population isn't voting at all, right? Right, exactly. And now, in who the knows? presidential, and that's in the presidential election. Forget the local elections where it really matters. No, people don't even know who that is. How many times has one gone? To, I, I don't know about you, Stephanie, but I certainly have gone to the polls before, and I know that people do this. And you just go, and you're like, oh, okay. And if they don't have an R or a D behind their name, you've got no information as to who these people are. Oh, so it's yeah. like, oh, I like that name, Anderson. I knew a guy named Anderson. You right. know. I, they, that person sounds presidential or sounds whatever. It sounds like a selectman or whatever. Right. right? I mean, you just. You yeah. Know. I mean, actually, haven't they done studies and it matters what na- what order the candidates names it appear on the ballot. It absolutely matters. Uh, being on the top of the list matters. And seeing a sign outside the polling place really affects it's the effective. way that people vote. Seeing somebody holding that sign is, is even more effective. Mm-hmm. If it's the politician holding that sign in front of your polling place, it's even more effective. How do they know that it's the politician? How do people know? Yeah. Some people will stop and talk. I gotcha. Mm. So, you know, the, the ones that do stop and talk. Yeah. I'll tell you, I mean, I, I, I met uh, Joe Biden at one of these talk radio conventions. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy stands up. Who in is front now of the a, vice president. Who's now, now yep. the vice president. Um, and he stood up in front of a room of largely Republican talk show hosts. He gave some kind of speech, raised his arms above his head. And got like the little tiny pitter pat of 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 a little bit of clapping in the audience. Huge room, you know, just a little bit of clapping. Almost Golf nobody clap. was clapping for him. And it's amazing the, re- the the resilience of these politicians. And you know, he was standing on the way out uh, on the way out the door. He's like grabbing everybody's hand and shaking it as they as they left. Ah, oh, thanks, thanks, thanks. And you know, like as though nothing terrible happened. And you know, he grabbed my hand and, <laughs> and I, you know, I I have uh, a, a certain affinity for this uh, the, this boob that gave this speech that <laughs> that flopped completely. And 
and, and shook my hand. I mean, he seems like a, he seemed like a nice guy. Wow. So do you think that experience indicated that it didn't really matter what people's reaction was at all? Like he was just kind of giving the speech to hear himself talk? Because that, that's what it sounded like to me. Uh, in this particular instance, I believe that it, there was a sponsorship involved. So mm. that, that maybe it was something something was paid oh. for or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I can't say that story um, surprises me too much. You know, I, I, I often kind of wonder why people are so interested in seeing politicians talk when on the other hand, you know, they're often saying stuff like they're liars. They're they they never tell the truth. They have no integrity. They don't have moral values and everything. So it's amazing how people say things like, uh, you know, yeah. pol- politicians are lying when their lips are moving. But yeah. then go and listen. But listen, in fact, the people whose lips are moving and support them and support them because well, often they think they have no other choice. Right. Well, that's I think that mostly people support politicians because the ne- the other guy stinks more. But what? Yeah. Uh, speaking of the other oh, guy, yes. who is the other guy? <laughs> OK, we'll get into this. So the Ames straw poll results just in and the, the headline is Bachman wins narrowly over Paul. The fun of Michelle the, Bachman wins narrowly in the over Ron Paul. In mm-hmm. the Iowa Ames straw poll over Ron Paul? Correct. Well, that's mm-hmm. a big day. Yeah. I uh, mean Ron Paul is nothing like the rest of the field and the, that that he would do so well in this important straw poll is uh, stunning to me. How what's the yeah, what's it, the margin? It kind of brings to mind the Sesame Street one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> <laughs> Mark has a has a, son, a young son. He probably knows. Yes, that song I, I, I get to see well. a little st- Sesame Street. <laughs> you know, the Cookie Monster isn't crazy about cookies anymore. Oh, didn't they change it so that he only yeah, has like one the cookie? Vegetable monster now. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, that's um that's very different than the way I remember it. Okay, so the numbers here in the straw poll. So Michelle Bachman won. 400 or 4,800 votes approximately. And Ron Paul came in second, very close with approximately 4,700 votes. And there was less than a 200 vote difference between them. So now you have the raw data. You can make your own assessment of what that means. But I think it's kind of interesting because as you said, Mark, um, these two candidates are very different. Ron Paul is talking about ending the war. He's talking about ending the drug war. He's talking about, um, you know, peace in the Middle East and, and bringing the troops home and things like that. Whereas Michelle Bachman is, you know, kind of a little bit more, a lot more hawkish, more warmongering, one might say. And she's got this real, um, you know, anti-gay sentiment. I think her husband runs this like gay, you know, ex-gay conversion thing, which is just so I mean, that's really just. Many of her votes have been sort of anti-freedom. Uh, um, I, I completely agree. And, and I think that she's trying to to straddle the line, as many Republicans do when mm-hmm. they're out of power. Uh, Republicans tend to do this when they're out of power, which is straddle the line between, oh, the Constitution and, and liberty. And, you know, they talk about all these sort of small government things. The reality is when they get into power, at least my experience has been, when they get into power, that they, in fact, push all kinds of big government schemes. I mean, George, the, the Republicans had the control, not just George Bush, but the Republicans had control of the House, the Senate, and the White House from 2000 to 2006, and they grew the government. Ronald Reagan. Every every the, single the, president. The small government guy. The yeah. government grew under Ronald Reagan by like 60% in those eight years. A lot of people don't realize it. And so much of that was due to military spending. And, you know, of course, it's called defense spending. And, you know, of course, but that's kind of a misnomer. But that's kind of a misnomer. Why don't you shut that cam off? I don't know how. Whatever you just pressed, press it again. I don't know how. Whatever you just pressed. Or mute the computer. There you go. That works. Sorry about that. Thank folks. you. I had technical <laughs> difficulties. Um, yeah. Please stand by. <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess we haven't mentioned that yet, but you know, it's um, 
if people are hearing my voice, I'm kind of subbing in for Ian, who That's is right. not with us tonight. The main host of much. the show, Ian Freeman, is not a free man. He is yeah. uh, on day four of his uh, of a sentence of 90 days he got for standing in front of a police car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he decided that uh, that a, wom- a woman was being arrested unjustly and that he would uh, uh, stand there and and try you know, to make it try to make difficult. that not happen tell me the rest of the results on this uh, aim straw poll and uh, can... uh they're not terribly interesting in my opinion well, i mean if, if mitt romney didn't show up in the top two it's terribly interesting i mean i expected oh, I michelle gotcha. bachman to do extraordinarily well but you know, I mean, Mitt Romney really should have. Yeah. Uh, he's the big front runner, and I'm wondering what kind of hit this is going to give to his numbers. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any idea who number three and number four? Are? Yeah, number three was Tim Pawlenty, and then um, Tim Pawlenty okay. Santorum. Who um, every time I hear that name, I think of the current um, euphemism for that. I believe everybody should don't go go- Google. Don't uh, Google. <laughs> Google Rick Santorum if they want to find out what uh, the other euphemism for but, Santorum is. I mean, it's I I, I think that name is telling in itself because um, for people who don't get the joke, someone has kind of coined the phrase Santorum um, to mean something uh, kind of vulgar, I guess you could say. And I won't really say much beyond that, but it's it's making fun of the social conservatism of these people and their their authoritarianism that they want to extend into others' personal lives and the desire to really control people and promote what their values are over anybody else's. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Tell us what you think about this or anything else. We've got some calls on on hold, and we'll be going right into your calls. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Juicy Juice, 100% juice, providing a full serving of fruit in every four ounces. Visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to nutrition, kids need both fruits and vegetables every day to stay healthy and grow. For the ideal mix, your kid should have at least one and a half cups of any veggie or 100% veggie juice and one cup of any fruit or 100% fruit juice a day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. Free Talk Live, coming to you live this Saturday evening, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. Uh, well, this is the, the show about your calls, so we're going to go directly into your calls. But before we do that, are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com, they're family-owned and members in good standing with the Better Business Bureau. Some prices are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. Go check them out at ManVentureOutpost.com. When you do, you can get an additional 5% off uh, with coupon code FTL. FTL is in Free Talk Live. You can get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Like I said, directly into the calls, let's go to Lena in New York. Lena, are you there? And thank you so, so much. Uh, I welcome you all from New York. And uh, because I feel free talk in life, I decided to be brave and give you the call. Well, firstly, I wanted to thank you for bringing such a 
diversified fresh air with your information, with your contradictions, with a full freedom of thought. <laughs> Thanks, is, Lena. That's nice. Yeah, which we certainly missing in a well-established sort of peak stations, whether it's a radio or television. So I um, just wanted to uh, comment on a couple of things which are not connected on the surface, but I think they certainly are in depth. Um, one, what we eat, because uh, previous uh, uh, program, I think, was a little bit in touch with uh, some misinformation about high prices and either healthy food or better food. And I just uh, wanted to see uh, how you... Um, vision our literally survival because indeed fast food becomes much much more expensive regulating our dissipation of health and yet health food um, gets still very deprived and unfortunately pushed with its price on the shelf so only selective people can get it your mm -hmm. take on this and perhaps some information or advice uh, Lena I'm not exactly sure I understand uh, what you're asking is it you want us to comment on food prices? The comment basically over two contradictions. In one sense, the fast food is very expensive, and yet it's quite popular. Yet healthy food, which is getting more expensive because it's a high-quality food, is still less popular. And connecting to our health care um, very, very, uh, in a very poor level, uh. how would you see the future of those category of food and our initial survival. Okay. Well, I've, I've got to say that I think that when uh, humans are presented with a tasty, and which usually means fatty, food on a regular basis, they're probably going to overeat it. Um, you know, this is just... <laughs> well, you know, right, because humans evolved in an environment where food was really scarce, and so the advantage was to the people who seeked out food the most strongly and got and, it and could store it uh, the best store it, right and um, so <laughs> but that's we, not advantageous in today's environment right right and so there's there's some difficulties there and i think that honestly i believe that science will move us towards foods that will satisfy both of the things that people want which is healthy food and food that um, tastes good I, well i'm just jumping in i'm so uh, glad to surprise um, hearing such an optimistic uh, um, vision and a hope because, frankly, I see the obesity and, of course, children's world becoming yep. more and more um, um, abused with the disease. Well, Lena, um, you know, when we, yeah. look at, when we look at obesity, especially among children, um, you mentioned a comment a little bit earlier saying that the fast food is um, quite expensive. and No, fast food's cheap. She said good food's expensive. Oh, I see. I see. And I think that's accurate. No, 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 no. I'm so sorry. No, you... <laughs> Um, I'm so sorry I didn't get your name. No, fast food is very expensive, and yet it is quite popular. Well, it may be expensive in terms of like long-term consequences to someone's health, yeah. but I mean, last time I checked, you could get a burger, a cheeseburger for ninety-nine cents at McDonald's or Burger King or something like that. And you know, I think that to look at those uh, those foods that are really um, contributing to obesity, like soda, I think it's very well studied that soda makes people fat and um, contributes to diabetes. That's, that's a well-known fact. 
and, you know, things like white bread, which don't have too much nutrition. We have to look at what the government is subsidizing. And they're, they're paying farmers, which is mo- mostly these big farms, not like small family farmers. They're paying them to grow corn and to turn that into corn syrup, which is worse for people's bodies than actual real sugar. And they're paying people to grow wheat. And so that contributes to a lot of bread and these, this refined flour and stuff like that. And, you know, those foods cause obesity. And I think you're absolutely right, Lena, when you say that people gravitate towards those kind of foods. So, But I think education is the, uh, is Edu- the answer to education it. Education seems like the right thing to do. Also, get yourself a victory garden. If you're not going to grow a garden at your house, the very least... Grow yourself some tomatoes. Do yourself a favor. I mean, just have some delicious tomatoes, and then you can kind of tip your foot into the, the pool. Lena, thank you so much for the call, and I appreciate you you chiming in here. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's go on to uh, Tim in Tampa. Tim. Tim, you there? Yeah. Tim. Yeah, how you doing? Well. Oh, so um, <clears throat> just wanted to make a quick comment. Uh, first of all, I'm a social conservative, but I'd like to say the current political climate has me absolutely sick. Uh, Why is that? Ago, conservative. What's that? Why is that? Well, 10 years ago, conservatives and liberals could have a conversation. Now they just get into fights. Uh, there's a mutual disrespect between the groups, uh, smug condescending remarks and mockery from the far left and redneck neon eagle crap from the far right. You combine that with uh, groupthink mentality and you end up with... Um, what used to be the fringe becoming the more mainstream between the groups, less interest in what's good for the country and more in what's in getting one's own way. Now, you know, what, um, what, what this makes me think of is I think that you're absolutely right. Like there is less of this, uh, you know, civility, as it were, um, in the political process. But it might be because people have more of a voice now. You know, their communications gotten uh, so much. I mean, now twenty talk radio basically has only existed for twenty years uh, since Rush, Rush Limbaugh. There certainly was talk radio before that, but he really made it into something. Uh, this this uh, spectator sport, as it were, and the internet's only existed for ten years, and you know people people can vent more and i think that it has and plus the uh, the sort of cable news network 24 hour cycle thing and people can vent about things that bother them and i i would imagine it's really difficult for a social conservative or a conservative at all to have to deal with say obamacare being jammed down their throat whether they like it or not i mean that's force that's violence perpetrated by the government and in the same way i think a liberal probably is upset with some of the uh, you know things that uh, that that the government does too the fact of the matter is, is both sides try to cram things down each other's throats. Yes. You know, the, there's Obamacare. Um, you have, <clears throat> for, well, for a good example. I'm a social conservative. Yeah, uh, Tim, I wanted to ask you about exactly, that. What's that? I, I wanted to ask you about that. I, I hope you don't mind me interrupting. This is Stephanie. But when, when you said you're a social conservative, does that mean that you want to use the government to control people's behavior, or are you just kind of advocating certain values in your own life and for your own family? Tim, uh, answer I, that in just one I, second. I, hold, hold the line. Answer that in just a second. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. 
the Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high visibility three dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9. Another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Free Talk Live's live Saturday edition, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. That's the SACL CAI call-in line. Check out freetalklive.com. We have... The Shrine of Female listeners there. We have dozens and dozens of ladies who have sent in their pictures, proving that they listen to Free Talk Live. It's not a beauty contest. It's uh, women of all shapes, sizes, colors, ages, everything. Go check out the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you've ever wondered about how they could possibly fix the debt deficit crisis in Washington, Jeff Moran, a Harvard economist, makes it real clear what the problem is and proposes a solution. You can go see this video and several others of our favorites. By that, I mean videos I have picked out at learnliberty.org slash FTL. These videos are awesome ways that you can figure out the basics of liberty, explain them quickly and uh, succinctly to people. You can share them on your Facebook page. It's awesome. It's learnliberty.org slash FTL. Also, when you're there, check out the the Liberty Academy. It's on the right-hand side of the page. It is a course for people who want free online continuing education in economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights. We were just a moment ago on with uh, Tim in uh, Tampa. Um, and Tim, you were Stephanie asked you a question regarding uh, your social conservatism, whether or not it was just something that you felt for yourself or whether you sort of voted that way. Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, it's, <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm social conservative as uh, most people w- would think about it, but when I vote, I think about what's going to affect the country as a whole. I, I really, re- really, my values are meant to stay within the walls of my home and within my family. And I think even, you know, for other conservatives and other liberals, it should probably be that way, too. I don't I don't want to hear about how people think my daughter should be taught or mm-hmm. uh, what foods I'm supposed to eat and well, you know, thanks for ans- thanks for clarifying that, Tim. I think it's really interesting that you said that because um, right at the beginning of your call, when you said I am a social conservative, I have to admit that I kind of bristled at that, and it was just because of the word. I mean, once you clarified that you don't want to impose those things on anyone else via government, um, I, I relaxed a lot more and felt more comfortable. But I think, as you noted, Tim, at the beginning of your call, language can be a kind of a problem because people hear a word and they have their brain shuts off, right? They have this emotional response. And I think that probably contributes to um, the 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 status of the debate, I guess, if you will, the tone, the uh, the disrespect. What do you think about that? Well, and actually, um, your your response ties into my point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything's learned response. I could call myself a rainbow lollipop, and based upon my actions, I could still be, I could still put you on the defensive. I'm not. I don't go on to the def- on to. I'm not put on to the defensive by liberals because I. If, my, my, fam- my family has some, and you just agree to disagree on certain things. The fact of the matter is, you know, people are, p- 
people are more insistent about their values, more vocal about them, because, yes, they do have a voice through new media social and for social networking. They're less civil because we now have the veil of the Internet. And the yeah, Internet anonymity also. definitely contributes to it. I think it's, it's a lot easier to be a jerk, I guess, if you're hiding behind the screen, right? What do you think about that, Mark? You know, it's, it seems pretty obvious uh, that, uh, you know, the, that <laughs> when, when you take the normal guy and then you give him anonymity on the Internet, he can act like a, a real, real, real jerk. But I think that what it really boils down to, the reason that we have this sort of two Americas, the divided states of America, as it were, is because politics – especially, you know, as it has grown to be, is violence against your neighbor. Yes. It's forcing people to do something they would not otherwise do. So whether it's a liberal program like, say, Obamacare, or conservative program like, say, the, the wars in Iraq, Libya, Afghanistan, Pakistan, uh, Somalia, uh, you know, wherever else they are, all over the, the 131 nations the United Everybody's States has troops in. Everybody's forced to pay for it. And, and right. either one of these things is violence against your neighbor, because I don't want to pay for either one of those things and so but i have to otherwise i go to jail right well and here's here's the interesting interesting thing with that is technology has made us more selfish as a society uh because it feeds into instant gratification but more than that it's Mm. what makes us more vicious more more voyeuristic and ultimately more narrow-minded because we are constantly getting our own values validated uh, I actually quite disagree with that, Tim. I think that, you know, the Internet has resulted in an explosion of exposing young people, especially to new ideas that they had never considered before. And especially when people are young and maybe a little bit more open minded than they might be as time goes on, they're going to find out about different ideas like the ideas of liberty. And I think um, that's really important. So there certainly is a certain element. Well, it's, of, it's kind of like yeah. saying, oh, let's unlearn fire. Fire is dangerous. It burns houses down. And this as much is true. But I'm telling you, you know, the communications revolution is on. And what we have today, as far as the Internet goes, it's not going is going to pale in comparison to 20 years from now when computers are smarter than you and I are, Tim. Actually, one thing I'd like a uh, statement you made I'd like to comment on is um, – wouldn't we love to unlearn uh, nuclear weapons and nuclear energy? You know, I don't know about nuclear energy. I hear I hear things on both sides of them. But when it comes to nuclear weapons, yeah, I would like to unlearn them. But you can't. And I'm not saying technology is bad. I'm a computer engineer by profession. Hmm. Uh, I just see the the dehumanization that's resulted. Uh, children children talk and they talk like they text. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> well, you, you know, you guys see it. Tim, I, I really appreciate the call. Let's uh, let's go on to Captain Ned. Can I just comment on that before? Well, uh, yeah, sure. Pop it in. Well, I think that technology can always be a double-edged sword, but the answer to bad speech is more speech, and the answer to bad technology is more technology. That's right? why freedom of speech is important. Captain Ned? Hey, Mark and Stephanie. Uh, first of all, free and Freeman, you know. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. That's our co-host, Ian Freeman. Hey, absolutely. And hey, like Stephanie was just saying... Uh, about these closet fascist candidates, this Ron Paul thing was really a shot across both these parties' bows. Indeed. Because, uh, like I said, the rising tide of liberty, you can feel it. And those uh, citizens of several states, Iowa, stood up and said, you know what, we've had enough. And this is going to be shocking to these pundits. 
you know, it, how could it be anything else? I mean, all these people, uh, you know, they, they're, they're always dismissing Ron Paul winning every poll on the Internet ever. Um, all these call-in things, uh, you know, the, if, if Fox News puts up a, who do you think won the debate poll? Wham! Ron Paul wins by 47%. And then everybody else, it's, they just ignore that and then they just report the rest of it. I mean, they're doing their best to, to, to downplay it. But when it comes to this Ames, Iowa poll, this straw poll, this is the most important straw poll in the nation. I mean, Ron Paul always wins the CPAC poll. He always, I mean, at this point, they're going to have to stop polling. They're, they, oh, yeah. All they're going to be able to do is like scientific to po- ignore him. polls where they call people's houses or something. Yeah, this, this time is different. And I've been saying that to people, you know, they, they shake their heads, though it's not. This time is different. You can feel this rising tide of liberty, and people are fed up. And Ron Paul... You know, the other one's Stammer. Ron Paul knows exactly. He's been saying the same thing for years. Nobody's been listening, but now they're listening. Their ox is getting gored and their fish yep. is getting fried. Absolutely true. Ron Paul has uh, his his message has been consistent about fiscal conservatism, and you know people keep on and ending the war, the, the, ending the wars. Uh, Republicans exactly talk about so. uh, uh, talk about fiscal conservatism all the time, but how many of them have ever done it once they've got to Washington D.C. Once they get there and their hand is firmly planted in your back pocket, oh yeah, and then the lobbyists are in their back pocket, and it just goes around in this incestuous little circle. There's they no just forget hope. all about that stuff. Well, exactly. It's like, uh, you know, this, this giant government octopus. You know, you, you see him at the airport. One, you know, one hand is down your, one of his tentacles is down your pants. The other tentacle is down your wife's blouse. The other tentacle is taking your wallet out of your back pocket for the president. The, the pleasure of paying for it. That sounds this like a weird Japanese movie. <laughs> yeah, this, this warrantless search that they're putting on you. Uh, America is fed up. They've had. They're going to go back to the Constitution and go Ron Paul. Thanks a lot, you two, <laughs> Captain Ned. Thanks for the call and yeah. keep, keep it sailing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm amazed. <laughs> I am amazed by this Ron Paul thing uh, that uh, that he came in second here, and, and Michelle Bachman came came first. I, I expected that. I, I'm not so amazed about the particular politicians or the politics aspect. I'm just excited that maybe some more people are realizing that peace is the answer and that, you know, we should be ending this war. And that's all I care about is the ideas. Free Talk Live. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Free Talk Lives, live Saturday evening edition. This is not good. Technical difficulties. This is not good. It's all right, Mark. You're, you're doing really well with the um, thing being away. I think I fixed away. it. Yeah. Hopefully, okay. really hope so. <laughs> this, I am not used to this seat. Uh, normally, Ian Freeman, our, our main host, uh, handles uh, hosts handles this stuff. I I usually sit over there and do the color commentary. I chime in 
whenever I feel like it. But uh, now I, I have to sit in the big boy chair. So please <laughs> forgive if I don't do things exactly like you're used to. But you are getting live radio, which, frankly, you can't get from any other nationally syndicated show. So Free Talk Live is bringing that to you. Not only on Saturday, but also on Sunday, too. Right, Sunday, Mark? seven days a week. Free yeah. Talk Live, another first we do seven live shows per week. You can see it at freetalklive.com. You can go there and get the archives. We offer, get this, no other show does this for you either. No other radio show I, that I can think of. Free MP3 archives going back to 2006. You can go and get the shows all the way back to 2006. Load your iPod up. Get Take a, take a trip. Take it to, to work on the train. If you work someplace where you can listen, do that. But, uh, you know, it's all free. Archives.freetalklive.com. Real quick, Stephanie, tell me what the Free State Project is. Well, the Free State Project is an organization that's encouraging liberty-loving people to move to New Hampshire and get active for more freedom in their lifetimes. And, Mark, I know you and I both moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. I'm very happy with that decision. It was about mm, five years ago. If you love liberty and you know that... Uh, liberty isn't growing in your state, and it's not if you're not in New Hampshire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Move for the Free State Project. Uh, you know, go check out freestateproject.org. Let's go straight into these calls. We got Dan in Newport News, Virginia. Dan, Dan, going once. There we go, Hello, Dan. Thank you for taking. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. And over the last month or so, I've called in several times, and you guys have been very kind to me. Um, well, don't get used I- to it or anything. <laughs> Pardon me? I said, well, don't get used to it or anything. No, oh, no, no, I won't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, but a caller, previous caller, had mentioned Obamacare, and I would like to talk about that for a second if I could. Sure. And that is, you have people like me um, who really have never called myself libertarian or anything like that. I've just always resisted a government job or working for the military mm. or what have you. And because of that, I do not have government health care. And therefore, the rates for health care are just extremely high. They're crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. And so now you have all these people who have government health care saying, well, we don't want the rest of you to have health care because we did something or other to work for the government to earn it. Where And we're the patriots, and it's become this battle of where, well, wait a minute, I thought I was the patriot because I always resisted going on the government dole and taking health care, be it you call it an entitlement from the military or as a government employee or what. And yeah. I know it really offends people when you say, well, uh, an entitlement for being in the military shouldn't be called an entitlement because we earned it. Well, doggone, well, like you guys, I'm a journalist, you know, what's... Yeah, you supported yourself, right, Dan? You you were supporting yourself. This is absolutely true. Uh, You know, this is often the case that, uh, you know, Republicans or the conservative types refuse to call, uh, you know, government bureaucrats with guns government bureaucrats. They they don't like the government's inefficient. They don't like the government until you put a gun in their hand, at which point then they consider those people to be heroes worthy of our worship. They deserve everything. And if you you try to say anything against them, they get so emotional and so upset that they just really try to scare you out of it about it and yeah. the, but you know the the, the yeah. fact is that uh, sadly people will will believe that uh, those in the military are you know fighting for our freedoms when i don't think that's been done in seven decades if it has been done prior to that right i and frankly you know, don't I think don't the vietnamese were going to get us i don't think the koreans were going to get us i don't think any of these people were going to get us and you know i think the government owes those people but i don't think i do 
Mm-hmm. No, and, and I also I wanted to point out that you know we have to be so careful in our writing because now we live in a very heavy military area, Norfolk, Virginia, and I'm from New Hampshire actually, where we grew up not with all our love focused towards the military as it is here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dan. And, and, if I could, mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because at the beginning of your call, you mentioned health care and Obamacare, and I think it's really. Uh, telling and interesting the way that people um, view this health care for veterans. I mean, the VA system is essentially socialized medicine, and people like to say that there's a, a so-called free market in medicine in the U.S. And, and that they have the best medical care in the world and so forth. And um, that is really not true. Right. If there when was a free market than, in medicine, then Medicare wouldn't spend more than 50 cents on every health care dollar is spent by the government. Medicare, Medicaid, and right. all these things. I mean, you know, the, the, what the, the, the Bush, uh, what pharmaceutical benefit or whatever they called that. I mean, all, all these things are the government being involved and messing with. There's no free market in medicine. Free market right. in medicine and would that, actually decrease the prices. And not only that, but it really does a disservice to the people who are veterans and who were promised that health care. I mean, the, the VA is constantly not meeting these basic standards of care and they've you know leaked people's information and they have these facilities that aren't up to spec. And so really the they're not getting the service, you know, the, the, they're not getting what they were promised, right? The ver- veterans aren't. Dan? Yeah. Yes, and I'd like to say, if I could real quickly, here in Virginia, which is one of the top five best managed states, is because only 82%, 82 cents on the dollar is spent on Medicare. And I'm a journalist. I know what I'm talking about. Only 82 cents on the dollar is spent on Medicare and Medicaid, where you get into California, where it's 96%, uh, 96 cents on the dollar. And they say, well, we can't have roads. We can't have this. We need tolls. And no, those federal mandates have to be work, have to be met first. If you were to put a toll to build a new road and Medicaid wasn't met, the money from the toll has to go to pay Medicaid. And we've, we've got some real issues, and I'm not saying I think Obamacare is bad. I've never said that. I'm saying let's just not say that the people who are already getting the socialist care are good and the rest of us who are struggling trying to take care of our health are bad. Right. This is the the result, the, 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 the bad issue. Thank you for the call, by the way, Dan. The, the, the bad thing that's going on here is that, in fact, the burden is getting shifted more and more onto the working type population. Dan's right. People who work for the government, that all their all their subsidized health care, that's coming from the taxpayer. People who are on Medicare, I mean, the average person on Medicare is going to pay in a quarter for every dollar they get. That's a pretty, uh, you know, where's that coming from? Hmm. From our from from people who are working right now. Well, um, I mean, if we're talking about statistics in general, I've I've read stuff that say on average government workers are paid you know way more like t- twice the amount in benefits and uh actual salary than someone would be for doing an equivalent job right. in the free market Certainly. E- even it- if even if that job, the government equivalent <laughs> job, actually gets significantly higher pay than than generally in the marketplace, and there's more people working at doing the same thing. And, but and um, I'd, like jobs- to, I'd like uh, before we go on, the fact is that every other stinking socialist country out there that has this socialized medicine, they bargain as a group, as a country group, against the the pharmaceutical companies for lower rates, and therefore the the funding for R and D essentially falls on people who use uh, medicine here in the United. 
United States. So therefore, that cost is, is from the whole world. Basically, the whole world's medicine is falling on the shoulders of the, the American uh, you know, sort of well, the person, the consumer of and, and pharmaceutical let's, drugs. Let's not forget. I mean, people like to blame the pharmaceutical companies. And I think they do have some culpability, but it wouldn't be possible for them to charge these outrageous prices for new drugs or any drugs if it weren't for the IP system, the intellectual yep. property system, the FDA filing fees that cost billions of billions, dollars to get billions a new drug. The B. It costs billions of dollars to get through the FDA, and not even counting any of the research and development money. I mean, it just adds so much to the cost of every drug. Well, that is research and development money, essentially, and if it would be, it would take a lot less to recoup their profits if it didn't cost so much to put it through the FDA. I mean, that's that's the long and the short of it. People people take all kinds of vitamin supplements that haven't been regulated by the FDA and tested, and as if the FDA actually does any tests because they don't. Um, they they make you do the tests and then they kind of look over it or whatever. I guess I would I doubt would they even read it. Yeah. Quite frankly, just give us the giant but, filing fee. The, but they have approved drugs before that aren't. That have shown, sure, shown later com- not to be safe. You, sh- you see the commercials all the time. Did you take What's a Wackawill? Well, if you do and your baby was born with a cleft palate or a third antenna, just give right. us a call. We'll, we'll go after them. And I think that's what a lot of people see. But what they don't see is all the people who could have been helped by maybe emerging new technologies and drugs that never made it to market because the FDA was so strict and just nobody ever tried to pay those billions of dollars of filing fees to get it out there. You know or how much nobody- cheaper it would be if we just turned over the regulation to organizations like, say, Consumer Reports? Yeah, hey, Consumer Reports, tell me if this is a good drug or not. Because They I'm do not that gonna, anyway. I'm not, they, yeah, they do, they do actually. But, yeah. you know, and they do it for the cost of a subscription to a magazine instead of the billions of dollars that the FDA takes. It's ludicrous. And this is this is the free market in healthcare that we've got? Nonsense. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Lives, live Saturday edition, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 855-450-3733. We've been talking about, well... The the Ames straw poll where Ron Paul won or came in second. I feel like he won. <laughs> it, it seemed like Michelle Bachman was a shoe in there. I think she's from she's she's an Iowa girl uh, initially or something like that. I don't know. So uh, you know, it seems like people really want the person from their state to win. Mitt Romney is very popular up here in New England because part of well, the whole patriot you know nationalism thing. Yeah. The that blind guy. allegiance to a random geographical place where you that guy to be born. That guy whose dad used to be a senator from Michigan lived here at one point, and I like him because of that. 
That makes sense. It doesn't make any sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, talking about that, talking about health care, call in about whatever you want to call in about. It's it's your show. It's called Free Talk Live. You can call in about whatever you want to call in about. Go check uh, freetalklive.com. We've got a website there for you. One of the, the really the most popular websites in talk radio dumb among the, the, the top 20, I would say. Uh, freetalklive.com we have uh, the, the ability to participate there online just like you participate on the air you can put stories in and people will vote on them vote them up vote them down you can do the same it's freetalklive.com let's go to nick in illinois nick you there hello so um what would you like to talk about hi shortly after my call last night you all got to talking about the united states budget and michelle commented that bill clinton balanced the budget back in his day well from what I have read in many articles, including ones on lourockwell.com and Mises.org, uh, Clinton only made the budget appear to be balanced by using certain tricks like replacing cash from the Social Security Trust Fund with Treasury bonds, which was characterized in one article as rating the Social Security cookie jar. Uh, I've our, heard um, the same thing, Nick. Yeah, the national debt equals public debt plus intergovernmental holdings, and what Clinton paid down was the public debt by increasing intergovernmental holdings by an amount that increased the debt in total. So it had to have been a heck of a lot. Correct. The deficit had to have been a heck of a lot. Def- the deficit is what happens sort of year to year, and the debt is what is the, the cumulative amount. People yeah. often don't know the difference between these two words. Right. Uh, people will often believe that during Clinton's that Clinton actually paid down the national debt, when in fact what he did was had a you know a zero, made a zero number as far as the deficit went, and you know kind of got broke even there. So basically for no. one or two years, I understand what you're saying, Nick. I'm just saying that I'm trying to explain it for people who to understand what the words mean because frankly most people don't. They don't but know the why, difference between debt why and deficit. Why would they? I mean, it, it matters so little. Like when you get into numbers in the trillions, that there's no hope of ever paying back. Right. They're not going to pay any of this stuff back. They're right. going to they're going to default. <laughs> so why should people even pay attention to that? I mean, the whole point of this whole story is that all politicians, no matter what, Republican, Democrat or whatever, you know, they're all kind of trying to play tricks with the accounting and make it seem like they've done things that they're not. And it doesn't surprise me because all of their other actions are um, congruent with that, you know, not not having integrity, not having um, honesty, not having transparency, no accountability. That's why they work in government. You know, when it comes when it comes to this, Nick, though, uh, I mean, he must have had a much smaller deficit in his day than we currently have now, though, if he was able to, to fiddle the numbers. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but the budget issue raises some interesting libertarian moral questions, because uh, Michelle said that the government should default on its debts. And honestly, I think that's the only moral thing to do, because future generations should not be on the hook for the drunken sailors who came before them. The right. people who get screwed by a default are the ones who were owed that money, who at least had the free choice of whether or not to take those government IOUs and knew ahead of time that they were an investment with some level of risk. Right. My son, who's three years old, doesn't have any choice. He's going to grow up in an America where, uh, you know, it's if this if it if the federal government still exists. Yeah, they're going to claim that he owes money and they're going to try to treat him as the first day he works. He's going to be paying taxes in as a tax slave to those uh, those politicians, those 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 people who who really don't know how to work for a living in Washington, D.C., and they're going to use his money to 
pay off debts that they currently have. And they're going to say, you owe this. And if you don't pay this, we're going to put your butt in jail because we own your butt. That's the only way you can claim the fruits of someone's labor is if you own that person, if that person is your slave. If you take a half of their wages, then they're at least a half a slave. And if a half a slave is, I mean, if you're half slave, you're all slave. I mean, if you think about this, even in the slaves in olden times, uh, well, for one, they weren't as productive because they weren't reaping the benefits of their labor. Secondly, you had to clothe them, you had to feed them, you had to uh, house them. So, so you didn't, you never got a hundred percent of anyone's labor. Well, they say that slaves are more productive when they think that they're free, right? And that's kind of the setup that we have today. But I think it's also important to point out that democracies really can only exist when uh, they're stealing essentially from the unborn, from people who have no choice, because it's the majority now who wants sense. these benefits and they're getting promised but the unborn things. has no vote. Right, exactly. And they're getting promised goodies. They're getting promised something for nothing, something for free. And it, But it's not free. It comes at the cost of someone else's expense many years in the future. And, yeah, and yeah, question, it's not sustainable. The dilemma is what happens to the people who are dependent on those entitlements now? Mm-hmm. It does. It's it's a huge dilemma. Absolutely a big dilemma. What do we do with people who are currently, you know, on some kind of welfare program, can't work, things like that? These are these are big issues. The question is, do they have a right to the fruits of your labor? I would say the first answer is no. I'd say after that, that if you stop all these other big government programs that you could probably uh, that, that people that, that those people would be able to survive on sort of uh, social welfare uh, social welfare programs administered in the the private sector mutual well, aid societies things like that I mean these these things really do work and they really have worked in the history of uh, this country and they still exist to a certain extent today although government has usurped a lot of that um, responsibility I think for people taking care of one another because they truly care. Um, but you know, it's. I'm sorry, Mark. Go ahead. I've had I've heard numbers like seventy cents on every welfare dollar goes to middle class bureaucrats that administer the programs. Well, that's actually which, the point that I was just about to raise, and I remembered. Thank you. It, this is already starting to happen. Governments are running out of money, and since state and local governments don't have the ability to print money to essentially create money like the federal government does with the Federal Reserve. They are forced to make some difficult choices. And, you know, what they're doing is they're cutting these welfare programs, these health care programs, things that affect people's lives who maybe have a difficult time um, making it on their own. And they're saving the pensions of the bureaucrats and they're saving the union's pensions and stuff like that. And so the government, I think, has no problem, and it's really unfortunate, throwing the most vulnerable pe- people under the bus. Right. The government isn't going to cut its military programs. It's no, not gonna, that's the it's, last thing they it's cut. It's not going to cut their own wages. It's not going to cut their own benefits. It's not going to cut anything that it does in those areas. It's going to go after the most vulnerable people because, well, why not? They, they, you know, they, well, and they don't <laughs> poor really people are less likely to vote, yeah. uh, and they're, so therefore they're less likely to be represented. I mean, that's and, that's just the way that is. And I completely agree that, you know, these programs are not right. It's not right to steal from everyone and give it to another person to fund their health care or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's still stealing either way. And so those programs are not are not right, and I don't think they should exist. But right now we have a situation where so many people are dependent on them for just basic survival. And what do you do when all those people are going to be left hanging? I think it's really difficult to talk about transitioning to a more free society, but unfortunately it's going to happen one way or another because the government cannot continue to operate in the way that it is right now. Nick, thanks for the call. Um, You know, when you think about these 
this sort of it's sort of like giving a child an allowance. You don't have to do anything, little Jimmy, but you I'll we'll just give you, you twenty dollars every single week. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to create in Jimmy? Jimmy can be a brat. He can uh, not help around the house. He can do whatever he wants. Stay out late, whatever. You give him twenty dollars a month. Or $20 a week every single week. And I don't know, is this a low allowance anymore, parents? I have no idea. I mean, if Ginny has to work for the money and if his behavior results in how much he gets and how much he doesn't, he's going to learn that this is uh, this is how the world works. Well, it's very interesting, Mark, that you chose the example of parent and child because I think there are so many people in government who are authoritarians and do yep. view every person as their child or subservient People to them. People seem to use that analogy all the time with government and the rest of us, and it's not supposed to be that way. No. Look, if you think you can, the government's my mom, who, who the heck are you? Mm-hmm. This is, you don't have any right to, to foist a new mom on me. At least most families can balance their own checkbook. Right, Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Lives, live Saturday edition, 855-450-FREE. Give us a call. Call about whatever you want. That's 855-450-3733. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Speaking of SACL CAI, the principal over there, Jason Osborne, is a user of the e-cigarette. The e-cigarette, uh, you know, this is kind of a new phenomenon out there, and you can get good ones and you can get bad ones. There's, uh, you know, the sort of cheapy ones where... Well, things don't work out so well for folks. And then there's the folks at Vaporsmith.com. They they make a they make a product that has a much larger vaporizer in it, the 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 coil, the heating element that makes the vaporizer, and this is what allows one to have the the good pull. Why would you want a e-cigarette over, say, a regular cigarette? Well, you don't have to go outside because there's no smoke involved. There's no horrible smell. It doesn't make your, your clothes smell badly. It doesn't make your breath smell badly. It's, uh, your spouse won't be uh, getting that complaining about ashtray mouth any longer. And also it's 22,000 times healthier because it doesn't have the carcinogens that most that cigarettes have. Uh, so you can start feeling better, having more money. It's about The average smoker will save about $120 a month. So you can start being richer, feeling better, smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Go to Vaporsmiths.com. You can get a free starter kit and free shipping with the purchase of 40 cardamizers with coupon code FTL. That's free shipping on orders of 60 or more. The, you purchase the 40 cardamizers with coupon code FTL. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or Vaporsmiths.com. 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Vaporsmiths.com. You know, sometimes on the show, Stephanie, folks will call in because I say you can call in about anything and people will call in uh, with little prank calls. And Uh-oh. I'd love to hear what this is going on. What's going on here? Let's talk to the puker listening. <laughs> 
on the radio. Mark and Stephen eats the puker. I'm calling from WJBHM FM 110.7, the beast. FM, FM, FM. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How is it over there, there, there? <laughs> It's great. I understand that you got a little problem with your radio business here. You've got a little change going on. I wanted to help out a little bit. How so? Well, okay, listen. I got this great voice, right? This is a great radio voice. So now, come on. You got to tell me it's the greatest voice in the world. It's a great radio voice for 1993. You're right. <laughs> yeah, but you're not so good, see? So I That's true. Team up. It's he's, true. He's classic. He's not old. He's classic. <laughs> he's getting, he's, it's getting to be old. He's classic. Thank you very much. Now, listen. <laughs> Uh, we can have a new name of the show. I think we're going to call it Ian Free Talk Live. Ian Free Talk Live? Yeah, because he's gone. We're free of Ian. So he's, Ian Free Talk I Live. I see. What it's free that? of Ian, yes. I would like to see Ian Free, frankly, and yeah, uh, back here too. with his butt in the first seat so he can do his job. Well, come on. I, I got a lot of experience. I can, I can do way better than him. In fact, I just auditioned for another radio gig. I had it for a little while. Uh, it was a public radio station. I had to read the news. It kind of kind of sucked. It's kind of like this. And today in West Zimbabwe, several forces were seen. It, it wasn't for me, you know? <laughs> I gotcha. Well, you know, there's there's a lot more to Free Talk Live than just radio. We're trying to get the, the, the webcam, uh, the audio up here. And you know, the guy who sits in this seat is going to be able to have to handle hey, all hey, that hey. stuff. The puker is the talent. He doesn't deal with that stuff, okay? <laughs> I don't deal with that stuff, but number one, I can deal with anything. I've got that down. I've been around with this for about three and a half weeks now, and I told you, I got this stuff down. <laughs> three and a half weeks. Clearly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you, can I come out there to New Hampshire? Uh, is that where you're located? You can come out to New Hampshire. <laughs> okay, well, listen, I'm kind of homeless right now because the last thing I had, I was uh, doing a voiceover for a cartoon called The Simpsons. I played the voice of the Duck Man. The Duck Man? <laughs> Duff Man. It's a Duff beer. Man. The Simpsons thing. Come on. I have no idea. (laughs) Now, Puker, I have a question. Um, There's been a conspiracy theory going around on Infowars.com that you are actually behind Ian's incarceration, uh, making deals with the judges and so forth in Keene, uh, trying to keep him in jail so you can get his spot on the show. Can you care to comment on that? Oh, my God. Hey, is that... uh, 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 Yes, it's totally me. How did you know? (laughs) Well, I have the inside scoop. Well, now that we've blown the now that we've blown your cover, Puker. Thanks for the call. (laughs) (laughs) That's always good. Yeah, he's pretty. He was a pretty good. He was the best crank in a while. Yeah, Ian will often whip one out, and Ian can really do the puker voice. And and for those who don't know what a puker is, a puker is one of these radio guys from I guess you know at at one point or another this was the pop this was the popular way to talk on the radio. You had to do you had to trick your your voice box and you talk like this. Yeah, that's right. Coming to you live from Free Talk Live Studios. It's Mark and Stephanie, and uh, we're bringing to you. We're laying down the freedom freedom talk to you. This is uh this is Free Talk Live. You know, and that's the way they talk, and it was. It was strange. Now's the time in radio of sort of the average guy's voice. Some people tell me, I don't have a voice for radio. What am I going to do? There's lots of guys on the on the radio with uh, voices that are eh, marginal. The, the, I remember I was trained under folks who were coming up in the radio industry a few years ago were really were being trained by guys whose voices were trained to be talk real deep like this and laugh. Uh, uh, uh. 
you know, like the count. And so they have these, really? these deep voices. That explains voices. a lot. <laughs> what does it explain? Well, Ian laughs like Ian that. Ian does laugh like that. Well, when, you, when you're around guys that do nothing but laugh like that, and they have the deep voices, you tend to get the deep voice. Wow. Interesting. But, what, do they, what do they say for, for females on the radio? Because I want to improve my radio voice as your, well. Your voice is just fine, I can right. assure you. You have Thank a great uh, woman's uh, voice for the radio. It's one of the reasons I picked you as a co-host. Let's go to Vince in Indiana. Vince? Vince? Hello, Mark and Stephanie. How are you? Well, sir. Hey, I, got a, I got a question for you. Cause I heard you a couple nights ago. You had some doubts about the American judicial system. Because I go to law school. I'm, I don't know why. Cause I'm too old for that sometimes, but... Apparently, it's something that you enjoy I, I, doing. Oh, I enjoy I, I enjoy doing it because it keeps my mind active. But uh, I, uh, I I see why you say things because uh, you know you talk about the jury jury selection system. Yes. And let me tell you something. You know the prosecutor and the the uh, defendant's lawyer or the plaintiffs and the defendants, if you want to call them that, have the jurors' addresses where they work, phone numbers, social security numbers, all types of credit information about each and individual prospective jurors. And so does the judge. And so, and, and if it's a criminal case, the prosecutor. Right. And so what's, it, so what does that mean? What I'm pointing at is if, let's say they decide a case where it doesn't go the way the prosecutor wants it to go, what would prohibit him from... You know, maybe uh, retaliating uh, in some way. So you say you're saying yeah, that or, this is a sort of yeah. Damocles that hangs above the jurors' heads that they might be considering that if I don't find the way the prosecutor wants me to, they could come to my house and hassle me. Yeah, or they could. They could maybe. But do the, Vince? Or, do, do the jurors the even IRS know? Call, do the jurors even uh, know that they have that the prosecutor has all their information? It just doesn't seem well, like. They claim they don't, but uh, mm-hmm. but uh, they do because. Uh, how do, you know the clerk gets the the clerk of the court here in Indian, or Indiana gets the information from voter straight well, registration. One thing's for sure, Vince: the the prosecutor and the judge both work on the same team, and that's right. The they state. get their paychecks from the same from the same folks. That's if that's was, absolutely true. And if it was common law, the judge would be the referee, and then the judge would have to make sure that both parties' rights are. Thanks for the call, Vince. Free talk live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Free Talk Live's live Saturday edition. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's 450-3733 for the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's a that's a new call-in line, so for those of you who haven't heard it before, it's 855-450-FREE. 
And we've been talking about all kinds of different things this evening. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. You generally don't hear live Saturday editions of most any show. There's almost nothing out there that's that's live at this time on a Saturday evening, but Free Talk Live is. Actually, I think there is nothing as far as an open lines current events show mm. that's live on a Saturday evening in America. Besides, that's syndicated, I guess, is uh, what's to be said there. We're really taking advantage of the open lines aspect of the show tonight because we've had so many calls about a lot of so different many subjects. Different things, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. All you have to do is go to the grocery store. You know that a new currency will at some point take over. If you don't know that a new cu- currency will at some point take over for the dollar, you're living in a dream world. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor of that currency? Bitcoins could be the, that currency. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. And even if you're not going to go out and get some Bitcoins, you owe it to yourself to just find out what they are. Go to weusecoins.org. Again, it's weusecoins.org. And find out about the Bitcoin. Let's go to John in Enid, Oklahoma. John? Yeah. How you doing? Uh, absolutely capital, sir. How about you? Well, uh, pretty good. Now it's cooled down a little bit. <laughs> <You know. laughs> what do you want to talk about, John? <laughs> okay. Uh, first subject. I've got about three here I want to touch on, if you don't mind. I, I, maybe. I think that if uh, Governor Perry does, in fact, become the, the next president of the United States, I would like to see Ron Paul resign from the Congress and become the next governor of Texas, because I think he'd be much more effective in the local area of Texas than he is so, so far in Congress. I think he's pretty much hit the wall in Congress. I think I think that absolutely Ron would be more effective in, a, in an executive position. I would like to see that, too. He's also uh, a man who's up there in years. He's certainly healthy for his age, but I believe he's like 75 years old. And it it can be difficult for uh, an older man to to get an elected uh, position, especially one as important as the governor of Texas. I I'm not saying I don't think he could win. I don't know. I hope he could. I I, th- I think it'd, it'd be a fine idea. But well, he's got a lot of support in Texas, far more than he does across the country. That much and is really true. But did, did you did you hear about the straw poll though? In, did you hear about the straw poll in Ames, Iowa today? Yeah, I do. He came in second. I mean, right behind Bachman. Close that's, second. Too, that's yeah. yeah, it's a close second. Bachman is a an Ohio girl. If you just took out that the 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 amount of votes she got for being from Iowa, well, she's not a girl. She's a won. woman. Whatever. <laughs> well, I'm I'm bet I'm betting on Governor Perry becoming the next president because he has executive uh, uh, experience, quite a bit of it, and most almost all of it good. So now, isn't know, isn't country. this guy Governor Perry? Isn't he the one who wanted to? mandate that all children who go to public schools have to get the Gardasil vaccine, and it was like this patented vaccine from Merck, and he wanted everybody to have to take it? Well, look, the man's not perfect, okay? so The Republican Liberty have, Caucus... But I, 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 I bet he's regretting that now. The, the Republican Liberty Caucus of Texas is just on this guy's butt, that the file of per- Terry's abuses of power, insider deals with cronies and tax and spend policies is thick. But for a start, here's what Texas RLC members voted as the top five Perry scandals, which the GOP voter primaries need to know about. A business like slush funds, Johnson. toll road land seizures, forced vaccines, vaccinations, job-killing franchise tax, and scuttled TSA, um, anti-TSA bill. I don't think, you know what, you know what Perry is? Perry's George Bush again. Oh, well. Uh, uh, okay, now let's, let's assume that Ron uh, Paul does become the next governor. Okay. 
his first measure, I would hope, would be to establish a state currency based on gold and silver. Yep, I bet he would. Oh, yeah, I mean, fantastic. In fact, being in Oklahoma, we would start uh, circulating Texas uh, credit vouchers. You know, gold and silver backed trade value. Utah's already done this, uh, so go take a go take a look. Utah's already doing this. Yeah, uh, I'd like to see us uh, the Republican uh, Congress uh, House Representative I should say vote out John Baynard as a speaker. I think the man's a, a wimp. He's basically part of the establishment, the old uh, guard establishment there. What does and that mean? He's wimp? Not, he's not up to the task of, of showing courage uh, as far as uh, holding to the principles of. Uh, trying to reduce the uh, the federal budget and uh, and this get rid of all this uh, excess uh, loan spending that we're doing. Well, uh, you know, it seems that it seems that nobody's really trying to reduce the federal budget, at least not in any meaningful sense. I mean, sometimes these conservatives may have some rhetoric in that direction, but they're really not doing anything. And neither I think there are a few people anybody. that would if they were like king, but uh, I don't think that but there's... they can't when they're mixed in with like 400. Absolutely. Other people. Yeah. John, thanks for the call this evening. And um, let's go to too many name drops for me. <laughs> Paul and in, uh, in Keene. Paul. Uh, good evening. How uh, are you? I, I, I'm sorry that I may have missed some of the show. And, uh, you have no obligation to be listening all the time. Hope We do have an obligation to reset on a regular basis. So if there's something you missed, I will inform you. Okay. Well, what I wanted to say was, in uh, regard to the InfoWars website, uh, that uh, Governor Perry attended the Bilderberg and was given the nod from the uh, global elite. I've I've heard this, but I I always wonder. Um, you know, for one, I I really like this, like that we found this out, um, because generally the the folks that uh, you know that that I don't know, well, let's call them conspiracy theorists. I got no better term for it. Um, coincidence, coincidence theorist. Okay, fine. Um, that generally yeah. they won't make a prediction like this. So my guess, my question to you is, if Perry doesn't win, what then? Well, I, I have a feeling that uh, there's not going to be, if he doesn't win, my my thoughts go that uh, he's got the nod and he's going to win. There's no, no voting is going to not vote him in. I, you know, you may be right. I'm interested in, in seeing how this goes. I love that there's a prediction like this because then we'll find out. Because I have a tendency to believe, sure. There are people out there that are wealthy that want to have larger control over your and my lives. Then, gosh, why would we need a government where they can right. all get into power and concentrate their power? Right. We already have that. It's, it's called a government. Well, yeah. <laughs> and but well, I also well, think well, that well, I, I don't think that they're all of one accord. And this is what I'm kind of interested in. You mean like all on the payroll? They can't imagine. Well, they, they're not all. They don't all think the same thing. They want to have more power than that other guy sitting across the table too in the in the smoky conspiracy field room. I think more to it than that, though. I think that uh, they wanted Barack, Barack Obama in there because uh, whatever whatever their uh, modus is, they're, they're going with their plan, and Obama fit the need for their plan, and now they're going to bounce back to Republican from Democrat to Republican and think that, okay, the Republicans are winning, they're going to, this, this big uh, media mind farce is... Uh, Okay. Is, is going to so, play, play the way they want. The I, they think want you're right that, I think you're right that we're going to have a Republican just because the, right. Obama has pretty much done nothing as far as the budget uh, situation and, and the, the economy. Uh, everything I think he's Obama's done has failed. Done everything they wanted. 
But that, I think Obama has done everything that they want. Well, I mean, it we may or just may not be true. I recently don't know. read an article. Why on did Free Obama Talk lie about transparency if he is going to win anyway? That was all a show. I mean, but why? Get, uh, why make the show <laughs> if the Bilderbergers are going to make it so you win? Because they have to give the, the American people the the thinking that what they're doing is going to matter. But can we he, focus? He have, can we focus on the real the things, issue here? He, he did most of the things that he said he was going to do. So why throw in that lie about transparency? None of the other candidates were talking about transparency. He made a big deal about trans. Excuse me, transparency. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I well, wonder. Paul if, is saying it's a shell, but like, okay, this is all maybe interesting to some people. It's not interesting to me. I think there are just real clear examples of government, Republicans, Democrats, everyone in government doing evil things, supporting wars that kill lots of innocent people and steal from yeah. everyone to fund them. And we don't need to indulge in these conspiracy theories. Maybe if someone has so much extra time, there they have is, no the, idea the what to do with The Bilderberg group it. is not a conspiracy theory. It's a real right. group. Well, that's what that's every conspiracy right. theorist says. But, but let's just focus on the real issues that are like the most important things. It could be a things. real issue. It's hard to say. Paul, thanks for the call. Um, I, let's talk about this a little more when we uh, get back. Sure. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's going to kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will save $120 a month and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855 to get vapor or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Free Talk Live's live Saturday edition. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. If you appreciate Free Talk Live and what we do, which is bring the message of liberty to... Hundreds of a hundred radio stations or more than a hundred radio stations all over the Internet. New people are finding the ideas of liberty all the time. They're being presented in a pure form as opposed to folks out there calling themselves liberals or conservatives or uh, libertarians or whatever. And libertarian eh, light. (laughs) Yeah. Some diluted form of the ideas of liberty. We don't do that on Free Talk Live. We bring the real message. Support us by going to amp.freetalklive.com. We've got a, a program there where you can be one of the, the Free Talk Live Mouseketeers. We give you a commercial-free podcast, amplifier call-in line. There's an amplifier forum on the BBS, uh, all kinds of things uh, in AMP benefits. All we ask for is $3 a month to help us spread the ideas of liberty, and we use that money to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. It's the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. Get your liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece. Do it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different liberty sayings. Got one on the back of my car right now. Check them out. Let your voice be heard. It's libertystickers.com. Mine says Barack Obama has fired more cruise missiles than all other Peace Prize winners combined. Mm-hmm. That kind of uh, pithy irony and more at libertystickers.com. Also, if you're interested in 
oh, I don't know, starting your own little uh, business. Maybe you've got a, a stall at the flea market. Maybe you go to gun shows, things like that. You can get Liberty stickers in bulk and sell them there. They can also make stickers for your business or church or whatever organization you have. LibertyStickers.com. You know, Mark, you get a lot of compliments on your sticker, don't you? You get a lot of people asking you about comments. it. <laughs> comments, yeah. It start, it sparks a lot of discussion, right? It does. Um, you know, I think that kind of ties into the last caller. Now, I should make it clear, and maybe we're going to get a lot of hate calls about this, but conspiracy theories really turn me off. And it, I, I'm not sure. I think it's a combination of all of these, but it's a combination of the delivery and the half truths and the, the sort of, they take a grain of truth maybe, and then run with it to something that is like completely expanded from that. Well, this gentleman who called in John did not do that. He said that um, he, he proposed something that he saw on the internet, which is that Rick Perry, governor Rick Perry, the governor of Texas has been given the nod by the, the dark and insidious group called the Bilderbergers, which is a group of uh, men who wish to global elite as they're called. And I can't disagree with that term that meet in a hotel, I think in France someplace, the Bilderberg Hotel. I don't know exactly what it, what it is that they do there. And that you know these people make decisions for the world. And I don't doubt that rich people make decisions for the world. Rich and powerful people make these decisions. I think that the rabbit hole goes so much deeper than what John said, and I he didn't say he didn't say any of that stuff. And you know it's it's all fine and dandy. Yeah, but you know he also kind of had that tone. Um, I'm, I'll try to describe this really specifically. I, I mean, John had a little bit of it, but like a lot of times when I meet conspiracy theorists, they'll like yell at me for no reason. And they'll say, don't you know the GMO foods, they're poisoning people and oh, wake, wake the hell up. And, you know, it's a very aggressive message and it's presented in a way that uh, doesn't appeal to someone who, like me, who I think really tries hard to be rational and to look at evidence and to um, you know, to, to stay calm. And I just I just don't think when you present your ideas like that, um, that many people are going to really want to ask you more and, and be uh, approach you. Like, I think okay, it's so more effective to be a beacon. That's a generalization about the people that you've heard the message from. And I'd say yeah. that it's a generalization for a reason. Uh, the, oh, yeah. The, the folks that do the, the kind of conspiracy shows out there have this kind of, um, you know, sort of yelly preacher kind of uh, message. And that's, you know, it, it, it sells for some folks. It absolutely does. I was at a an in the Fed rally. I gave a speech there and I, well, one of the one of the guys had a bullhorn and he was you know, bullhorning the road and some people in a convertible, like he's right next to them bullhorning them. And the people are like, you know, uh, squinting at him and, you know, giving him dirty looks. Why? Because he's blowing their eardrums out. Sure. And, but this is just one guy at one event and i when, i can't draw any conclusions from that but what this brings up for me is this group the bilderbergers is often you know these are the people that rule the world and they that there's no that, but that they always explain get well, what what does that mean rich and powerful people do rule the world right Sure. If those rich and powerful people all belong to one club that would be very bad for people right um I don't know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It would be very bad. Yeah. So some of these rich and powerful people probably belong to this club that goes to the Bilderberg Hotel that they call the Bilderbergers. Mm-hmm. And if those people are conspiring and naming their favorite candidates, that's one thing. It's another thing entirely if they actually do rule the world. I don't think they do. I think that there are lots of people that want to rule the world and that they compete with each other. 
I would like to rule the world. I'm just not successful at it. Um, sure. So that's what I don't. Th- I don't think Rick Perry is going to win. Um, you know, I, I saw him do the, uh, the 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 you know his he th- tossed his hat in the ring today in South Carolina. I I found it you know disgusting. Um, you know, it's frankly, disgusting when any politician does anything. I mean, it's like- <laughs> you know, I, what I wish they do at one of these debates, and I think that this because they, they'll often pander to these uh, politicians. There's all kinds of pandering that goes on. They they asked, would any of you believe? Uh, they asked him to raise hands at the debate uh, the, uh, on Thursday or something like that. They said, how many of you believe that raising taxes under no circumstances is acceptable or something like that? And they all raised their hands. I really like that, but I knew that most of them were lying, except right. perhaps Ron Paul. Right. Who came in second in the Ames uh, straw poll, which I found to be amazing. Uh, but, uh, Rick, you know, what I'd like to hear as far as the question is, because this would be such a tough one. How many of you believe that Noah from the Bible was 600 years old and began to build an ark that was five stories tall, three football fields long, made of gopher wood with largely no help over the course of 120 years. Then at the end of this, uh, carried every animal, two of every animal and seven of uh, most of actually, two of at least two of every animal, up, up to seven of them, uh, floated on the water for a year's time with nothing but his family and all these animals. And the water covered the highest the water covered the highest peak. He ends up... Uh, Which in what, isn't physically possible <laughs> with the amount of water on Earth. Right, yeah. and, and ask this question to the, the people standing there up on the stage. Because I want to know how many people... Because, for one, I don't think most of the politicians really believe these stories. I think they're pandering. I some of them I think do I, I would I would say there Michelle, are definitely people out there who believe this stuff and, and I would say Michelle Bachman, Bachman's probably you know sort of of that crowd she seems to be a very religious kind of gal and I think Rick Perry either he believes it or he was pandering heavily today but I find these things to be oh, I, I'll bet you that's going to cost votes if you say oh yeah I believe that's possible. <laughs> you're not living in the world that's inconsistent with reality <laughs> right i mean can you imagine how much water has to fall in order for for, for it to rain 40 days and 40 nights and cover the highest peak in the world oh of course but what it, so wait what i'm confused what does this have to do with i would the- just like to hear that question asked at one of these uh, debates because they often ask these questions because i just think it would help separate the wheat from the chaff i don't think mm. politicians could actually get around it i mean can you imagine at a republican um debate what it would be like to be asked that question because either <laughs> way you lose half the votes in the room yeah i suppose so I mean, but oftentimes the reporters don't ask politicians just difficult questions because, you know. Wasn't it iPhone or BlackBerry to, uh, oh, wow. to during the last one? If that CNN's, has any relevance at all. Wow. Quiche or omelets. I mean, it was just this, this dumb stuff that they were asking it. And it was the CNN one. I, I guess they were wanting to get people's kind of take on it. And I got to admit, when politicians talk about their families, I'm interested yeah, I'm kind of interested in your family. You know, did you raise some that's, good kids? That's, that's what nice. gets them votes, though. People, they want people to, to believe that they're similar to them, right? They want people to relate to them. Sure. And by doing that, you know, they say that they're religious and they have families and stuff like that. And then people watch that and say, oh, they're a good American. They fit into all these social mores and norms and stuff. And, but, but, Mark, we were talking about conspiracy theories before. And I, I don't know. I'm curious, like. You mentioned about the Bilderbergers and stuff, and that may all be true. There may be powerful people who attempt to rule the world and are trying to control the behavior of others. But 
Yeah, I know that. I mean, they're in government. They're all over yeah, the right. place. All you have to do is look at Washington, D.C. It's full of people. And it's so obvious by their actions every single day, by the things that they do, forcing people to pay for wars, perpetrating the same wars. I mean, lying to the public, you know, passing all kinds of controlling regulations and laws. Everything they do is damaging and hurtful to people. And, and it's it's wrong. And you don't need a conspiracy theory to explain that. It's right there in front of your nose. And so... I don't know. I It's the confrontational tone that's combined with the fact that it's already obvious that government is evil and bad. Free Talk Live. In the amazing universe of podcasts, one podcast stands alone in excellence of broadcasting and neurology. It's verbalsurgery.com. That's right, verbalsurgery.com. Get your brain in gear. Get it full speed ahead. Get it going right now, baby, because you are awesome, awesome, awesome. And this podcast, when you listen to it, you will feel better right now. So go to verbalsurgery.com. Get with the program, baby. Free Talk Lives, live Saturday edition. Give us a call, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. That's the SACL CAI toll-free number. Go check out freetalklive.com. We have a website there where you can get get involved in, in the show online. Uh, you can post news stories and vote up other people's news stories or vote them down. It's a it's a big news story free-for-all over there, freetalklive.com. It is the show about your calls, so let's go directly to James in Huntsville. James? Hey, how's everybody doing? At, absolutely Great. capital, sir. I'm sorry? Just fine. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, well, uh, you all had mentioned something about Noah's Ark, and you didn't see how people believe the story. Um, I want to, I guess I'll ask you a question. Do you all believe in the soul? Do I believe that there is a soul? Yes. I think the Bible no. can often. I think the Bible can often be, um, you know, different on, on this. I think the soul is what we refer to today as the mind, and I think that the spirit is the sort of this other thing that it kind of exists in your, you know, your heart region, and that that is what continues to live on forever. So, uh, you know, as I've been, there's ex- consciousness, and then there's the notion of a soul, I guess, which is this like ethereal, spiritual thing that's ill-defined and. I don't believe in that, but certainly consciousness, yes. I believe in both of these things. I believe both in spirits and souls. The reason I ask is because I had came to a revelation a couple of days ago, and I was thinking that, you know, science, they, they say the way that we, we, you know, retain our memories and our cognitive functions, it happens through our brain. And from what I understand about the soul is that you retain all of your memories and you retain everything that, I guess, you, um, you experience in a physical form. And... I guess I'm just saying this because you can't really apply science or logic to religion just based on that. You know, if if how can your brain um, create these memories and things? And then well, maybe- James, there is a way that your brain can create and store memories because your brain has physical matter, and you know. 
it, you have cells and those cells have proteins and other molecules inside of them. And you can encode right. memories with those, with the things that are in those cells, physical molecules. But when you're talking about a soul, it's like this ethereal notion of energy. And then the definition kind of starts to break down. And there's really no way that's consistent with the reality that we can understand and observe that anything could be encoded on that. Does that make sense? Do you see the distinction there? Right. That's what I'm saying. If you, you just can't apply science to religion, I mean, well, like James, said, I'm not applying science to religion when I'm talking about this. Uh, the believing in the Noah story isn't religion. It is the belief in a historical fact. You know, people will believe in it as a fact or as, as a, a story, one of the two. So I, I can believe that there is a God and I can believe that I will live on after death. I do and, not believe either. Of those right. You don't believe those. Right, but I do no. believe those. Um, I believe that there is a God and I believe that I live on after death. Uh, I will live on after death. Uh, and, but, you know, that doesn't really have anything to do with believing silly stories, right? So you can believe... <laughs> that is a silly uh, story, Mark. You can believe a benevolent creature, a benevolent being created the whole planet, created the whole universe, but the, that he, he couldn't flood the earth. Um, but sure, do, do I, th- right, that, that's really the the last, that's the only thing that one can fall back on when it comes to the Noah story. And how about this? He would also flood the whole earth and leave no trace of it that any archaeological scientist has found over the last co- the course of the last 300 years since they've been doing these kind of things. Um, you know, there's aren't there archaeologists who claim that they've found evidence or found the ark or oh, something like that? If you want to if you want to sell a documentary, baby, you, you just <laughs> you just go to some mountain in the Middle East and say, yeah. I found a piece of wood. This is the ark. I mean, right. that's, you know. That, that's just somebody. Yeah, I'm not saying it's high quality evidence. I'm just saying there are people who claim it. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm I'm sorry. I'm at work. That's just All right. Said. All right. Thank you. Thank you, James. Thanks, James. You know, I, Mark, I, I want to pick on you for something. Go ahead. You, you said there's a difference between believing that you'll live on after death, as if that's a rational thing, and then believing silly stories like Noah's Ark. It seems to me like those are two different kind of. Degrees there is of no stories. evidence, whatever that, yeah. um, like you can't. One cannot present a evidence for or against uh, someone's spirit living on after they die. Whereas one can present evidence for and against a uh, you know situation where the earth flooded completely to the highest mountaintops for over the course of a year, and uh, that seven people floated around in a boat uh, filled with all the animals. And I mean, you can you but can just look because at, some someone can't present. Evidence evidence against any claim like i could claim there's a pink fairy on my shoulder and you can't present any evidence against it right but i mean it doesn't make it true just because someone... i didn't say it was true <laughs> i said i believed it but you believe it that's so why why do you believe it what what do you base that belief uh, on you know i th- these are these are the feelings that i get i think that the world's an interesting place i've uh, seen stuff that i find that i can't really explain the best way for me to come up with an explanation the stories that i like to tell myself are these and and my stories don't harm anyone. The stories of the Christian stories threaten little children with going to hell eternally if they don't believe these dumb stories. Oh, of and, course. And they condone rape and all kinds of horrible things that happen in the Bible, killing all kinds of things like that. Um, yeah. So I think it is dangerous to believe in these things, especially when they go together. Lots of atheists kill people, too. I mean, it's not like you're talking about, you know, a, a panacea here. Let's go to the. Oh, we just we just lost the call on conspiracy theories. 
Oh, too yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, you just <laughs> you had to go after me on the religious thing. You lost your conspiracy theory call. <laughs> well, um <laughs> lots of lots of atheists want to control your life. Um athe- atheism does not make one good. Uh, it does not make one just. It does not even make one smart. And ne- I mean, neither does religion. It doesn't. But- you know, one can be a good person and have a sense of morality without believing in God. That, that, indeed they can. I think that this is the best way to teach somebody. I believe that morality for morality's sake, that, that this, is, this is how God created the universe, that morality works, that it is a way that we can uh, operate with each other and do well, um, that if you don't operate that way, that your life is going to be bad. Whereas if you teach your kid the story that if you don't do what I say, you're going to go to a burning, uh, terrible place for the rest of your life, and then they cease to believe in that burning terrible place then they have nothing to hold on to whereas if you taught them that morality works and why morality works then they have something to hold on to whether or not they believe in some place that uh, is burning and hot and and stuff like that anyway let's go back to 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 jeff he had just called back in jeff yeah hi i wanted to talk a little bit about conspiracy theories go Uh, right ahead yeah I've worked uh, in the government for many years, and I don't think the government is smart enough to perpetuate a conspiracy theory. You have a bunch of selfish selfish individual actors who are only doing things in their self-interest, and I don't think a broad-based conspiracy is is logical that something like that could be supported uh, on a broad front in the government, you know, often the conspiracy theorists will some will agree and some will disagree with uh, with this assertion. And I think this is, for me, this is one of the main assertions that uh, makes sense to me. I I don't consider the government to be a very efficient organization. Why would they be so efficient at planting, say, thermite under the uh, the the twin towers and blowing them up on nine eleven in conjunction with and planes then flying all over the place? And keeping quiet about it when right. there's multiple people involved. And, as and Jeff you said many multiples. I mean, you couldn't just plant thermite with a few dozen people this would take uh, you know dozens of people over the course of of months to to blow up some building as large as uh, the, uh, the 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 world trade centers as i understand it so mm-hmm. um i i tend to believe with this anything else on that jeff yeah well you know i have seen you know i've worked in intelligence and i've seen how intelligence reports get written up and they get driven by certain certain trends like what's currently popular and people glom onto that, and they write things, and they hope to get in individual notoriety within sure. their government entity. But it's a bunch of small actors that are doing that. It's not a concerted effort in some uh, smoky back room where everybody gets together and say, "Let's advance the theory that there's, uh, you know, weapons of, na- of mass destruction in Iran." Uh, the way it actually happens is everybody sees that as a trending topic, and they try to jump in on it and write their little intel brief mm. that will uh, be, that will gain them some notoriety, maybe give them some career advancement, and then those things go up the ladder. But it's, it's not a concerted effort. It's just selfish individual actors that are trying to do something to give themselves some prominence in their agency. Jeff, mm. thanks for the call. That makes sense. Yeah, this this was what makes sense to me. Uh, obviously, some folks, uh, you know, that it doesn't make sense to them. More power to them. Six zero three. Excuse me. Eight five five four five zero free. Free talk live. I. 
I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources and a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. Free Talk Live's live Saturday edition. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. That's 3733 for those of you that don't have little, little letters on your, your, your phone phone there. Most folks do. Sometimes I had a phone that was like that, so I'm kind of conscientious of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going to do some shopping online anyway. Go to shop.freetalklive.com and do your shopping at Amazon and Newegg from there. Because not only you'll get all the great products and services that you want to get from Amazon, but you'll be supporting Free Talk Live in the process. That's shop.freetalklive.com. They've got everything over there that one could possibly need. It's shop.freetalklive.com. If you're wondering about how they could ever possibly fix the deficit crisis in Washington, Jeff Marana, Harvard economist, makes it real clear what the problem is and proposes a solution. You can go see this video and, and several others that I've picked out, including uh, Markets, Exploitation or Empowerment by Professor Anthony Davies, and Public Choice by uh, Professor Ben Powell. It's learnliberty.org slash FTL. When you go there, check out the Liberty Academy link on the right-hand side of the page. It is a free online continuing education course in economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights. Learnliberty.org slash FTL. Let's go to Mike in Virginia Beach. Mike? Hey, how are you guys? Fine. Well, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Great. Let's. What, what would you like to talk about? Yeah, I had an answer to the uh, question of uh, Noah's Ark, and uh, you know, how, how do we know that it's true? And it's true because the Bible says it's true. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. What if I? I'll bite. <laughs> what if the Bible is not a valid source of evidence? I mean, anyone could have just written that stuff down, and then it got passed down, and people take it at its face. But maybe it's not exact, or maybe it's not even true at all. Well, uh, you could say that, but uh, we know that the Bible's true because, uh, well, Noah's Ark happened. Okay, isn't so, that circular so reasoning? Circular logic. <laughs> are you is are you kidding, Mike, or are you serious? I, I am kidding, actually. I, I, I think it's really <laughs> ridiculous that, that people give such credence to uh, to a, to a book that was written, you know, thousands of years ago by. By God knows who, right? Somebody, somebody who, that, somebody who pooped outside, right? I mean, right. like, the, you, well, wouldn't, we don't you wouldn't even, go to any advice for somebody who lived in the Iron Age for anything. I mean, Jesus comes to Earth, and instead of hey, say, well, I don't know, teaching people to wash their hands after they go potty, he drives demons out and puts them in pigs. I mean, this is this is what I'm supposed to believe. Did, I'm going to go to hell if I don't. He did tell you not to eat pork and stuff like that. And some no, people, actually, uh, they didn't. Okay, never mind. Well, I mean, but we don't even have to. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> no, I, you can eat pork now. Jesus said it was okay. Oh. Peter did. Well, 
Even before I heard that, I was nomming yeah, on some bacon. Right. So, <laughs> I just think it's so—it's it, really ridiculous. I mean, we go round, round, round circle here with the uh, with the theists, and they believe that uh, you know the Bible is true because uh, God says it's so. And you know, uh, well, I mean, it's just a never-ending circle. I just—the whole religious thing is just mind-boggling to me. I, Thank you very much for the call, Mike. I appreciate it. I want to completely agree with Mike. And, you know, we don't even need to go um, and like looking at the authors and maybe their credibility is uh, is a good thing to look at. But I mean, just look at what the Bible says itself. It condones rape, uh, children, daughters being sold into marriage by their fathers, human sacrifice. You should kill your son because God told you to unquestioningly. Jehephath or something like that. This general promises he'll kill the first thing that walks through the door or walks out the door to greet him. It turns out it's his virgin daughter. For some reason, she doesn't go out and get uh, have some sex and then she wouldn't be you know good for the, the i don't know whatever it is it's very bizarre stuff so twisted yeah let's go to bill in tallahassee bill i agree but uh my question is this about you said you believe in morality and you talk about you know we shouldn't be killing other people where does that come from where does oh, morality come question. from? I mean, yeah, where does your notion that people shouldn't kill each other come from? Uh, I think that morality is uh, one needs to apply a morality in a u- universal fashion. So if something is good for me, it must be good for you. Mm-hmm. I, it, I I think it's universal. Like it, is, it comes from logic. Right. So moral principles should apply to everyone consistently. That's what you're saying. Right. So Mark. stealing is bad because I don't want it to happen to me. Mm-hmm. It's like the golden rule. And also there well, are consequences. Behavior has consequences, right? And I think the universe kind of shows people consequences to their behavior that suggest behaviors that are good or bad and so forth. You can make that argument, too. Well, that's your feeling, though. What is that based on? I mean, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a Darwinist myself, and I'm, I believe in survival of the fittest. If I'm big enough to take what you have, if I want it, then what's going to stop me? All I have to do is be, be careful that for something that might be big enough to take it from me. That's right. And, and, dude, this, is, this is absolutely true, but it's not moral. And morality moral. is something that is applied universally. Well, and, some people say that, you know, it's axiomatic or it's self-evident that people are uh, sovereign individuals or they own themselves, however you want to say it. And as such, you know, they have the right to keep the things that they earn and they have the right to be free from uh, harm, physical harm and uh and uh, should be told the truth. And so that's how you derive, I guess, the non-aggression principle, right, from self-ownership. Well, self-evident, that's pretty circular argument. That's as silly as... as, as well, I don't, I don't know You haven't addressed the universality of this, Bill. You keep on dodging okay. that. If something I consider something to be good for me, then I consider it to be good for other people. That's what I mean but by I the universality of this. So if I consider I stealing bad for, for me, then I would consider it to be bad for you, right? But I don't. I say if you big fine up, take it operate like an animal, so do what you want. Universal. That but fine. It's not as as well, far Bill, as I'm you know, concerned, it's also oh. <laughs> moral to always, uh, you know, do something to stop people that hurt other people. So therefore, I do. I consider it to be a moral act if somebody puts a bullet in your head if you're acting that way. But that's exactly right, and I agree with you 100. percent But I don't consider morality basically is your own artificial construct. Just no, like it's, it is it's artificial really not. in the sense that it doesn't exist in the real world. You cannot; it is not a color. It does not have a shape, but it is well, look, universal. The, like there, it, it, it exists in it exists in language. It exists in thought. And there are things that you can observe, just like what every time you know, if you if every time you pick up a rock or a pen or any object and drop it, it falls to the ground. We say, oh. 
well, gravity, right? Gravity seems to be a universal law. Actions have consequences and moral actions are the same way. I mean, we can observe that certain things happen. And a lot of people say that you can evade reality or you can deny reality, but you can't deny the consequences of reality. And, um, you know, if you're going, if you are going around and uh, violating other people's natural rights, then I think it's true that bad things are going to befall you. (laughs) But those natural rights are different from culture to culture. We have cultures who do no, not believe. No, in they're really property. not. That's cultural relativism. That, you're absolutely exactly. right that some cultures um, do have different ideas on property, different but that values. But that doesn't change that things might be considered universal in the sense that they're harming you, harming you, and taking things from you, like they, you know, when they still believe in theft, even though they may consider their culture, their little little their little group to uh, own things communally, they don't consider consider it okay for you to just walk up and take stuff just because they may own, th- own things in a communal fashion. That was practiced by a lot of ancient cultures. Bill, thanks for the call. Got to yeah, go to it the- was practiced. That doesn't mean it's right. Free talk live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. Free Talk Lives, live Saturday edition. Give us a call at 855-450-FREE. That's the sickle CAI call-in line. It is the show about your calls, so we're going to get right into them. But first, Ruger's new SR-40C is the compact version of the recoil-reducing striker-fired sr 40 Pistol, one of the slimmest and most ergonomic full-size 40 caliber pistols on the market today. The SR40C is based on the same high-performance glass-filled nylon frame as those used on so many of the great Ruger pistols, offering the same features, including a slim frame, short trigger reach, reversible backstrap, and ambidextrous controls. The SR40C features a throw-hardened stainless steel slide or alloy steel slide with Nitrodox Pro Black finish. See it at Ruger.com and purchase it at your local gun dealer. That's Ruger.com. Let's take Kenny in Indianapolis. Kenny, you there? Hello. Hello. How you doing? Excellent. Uh, what would you like to talk about, Kenny? Yeah, this is for, I, I'm sorry I didn't catch your name, the one, the atheist. Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie. Stephanie. Atheist, okay. Oh, sorry about that. But okay. No, I, I, told, I totally believe everybody has the right to believe what they what they believe in. But, but I want to ask, what do you have to look forward to? If you don't believe in heaven, if you don't believe there's a God, what 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 keeps you going every day? Oh, no, lots of one... things, Kenny. I mean, I like to live my life in a way that brings me joy and that I can help other people and form relationships that are meaningful and do something that impacts the the world in a positive way and improve myself. I mean, those are just some of the things that I look forward to every single day. And I think that it's 
very important to live your life in the present and live purposefully. Um, and, and sometimes when people focus on an afterlife and say, oh, well, it'll all be better when I'm in heaven. Well, one, they don't have any real evidence that that's going to happen, except that that's what their priest told them, maybe. And, and two, they're maybe ignoring or not focusing on when they should the present. Wow. Or this life or whatever. Yeah, don't you think, Kenny, that it's possible that uh, people that believe that, say, uh, Jesus is going to come back if we could only have the country of Israel, that that might change their thoughts on foreign policy? I, I, I think that's giving politicians too much credit. Oh, I think <laughs> I, I can absolutely tell you that the politicians who uh, worked to set up some of the politicians that worked to set up the state of Israel were very concerned about uh, this very fact. That Jesus couldn't come back until is, the, the nation of Israel existed. Well, it says that in the Bible. Right. So, Actually. like, a politician would have to create the nation of Israel in order, because you understand that before 1940-whatever, that the nation of Israel didn't exist, right? Correct. So if you believe that Jesus had to come back, and you were reading your Bible, and, and that uh, Israel had to exist, that... You might, as a politician who believes this, make a special effort to create a nation called Israel, right? And that's a good point. And that's really not a good way for foreign policy to be dictated. I mean, should we then uh, con- should we then conquer conquer Russia and turn them and rename them Gog and Magog so that there's more biblical names that are out there and that Gog and Magog could rise up against Israel or whatever? I've never even heard those. Names. I, look, I, I I read this book through three times. It's absolute nuts. <laughs> well, exactly to exactly to your earlier point, where the Bible has been written re re uh, invented over so many thousands of years. Um, you, you, yeah, the, I, I look at the Bible as a smorgasbord where you get what you, you get what you get out of it, and and the rest you have to take with, you know, basically a grain of salt. Like Noah's Ark, you know, did it really happen? I don't know, but uh, do I do I teach my kids that? Yes, I do. Uh, well, I you think know, it makes for the cool inconsist- nursery rhyme stuff. I mean, you can put the pictures on the wall, but uh, other than that, I, I think that it's... Uh... Kenny, I appreciate the call. We've got uh, got a bunch of folks to get to. Let's go to... The inconsistency really <laughs> bothers me. I know. Well, it's <laughs> Picking not and choosing. Christian, any, any religion is not logical. No, no it's, way. It's never going to be logical. Let's go to Mike in, in Charleston. Mike? Hey, hey, how you doing? Good. Um, I was just listening into the conversation, and the thing is, uh, I think a majority of the world has absolutely no idea, number one, what's it doing. Secondly, what certain things of the Bible really meant. See, it, it can always be said that it was interpreted mm-hmm. to, to look this way. Or whoever was in power, they could take the Bible and use it as a weapon against whoever else. Right. It has been used in very Many convenient times. fashions by religious and political rulers to uh, do all kinds of things, including lo- fight lots and lots of wars. All right. Now, what is true about the Bible is simply this. It's on paper. One, <laughs> one, <laughs> no, one group of people, I'm, I'm not going to name the particular religion, but one group of people decided to take truth and mix it in with false. You understand what I'm saying? No. No. Um, Can you be okay. more explicit? Let me explain. All right. Okay. Jesus comes down, does all the good stuff. He does the miracles and all of that, and he he sets the way for for future man to follow. Okay. Okay. When he leaves, 
when he leaves, these group of people who are only in it for themselves, they still exist to this very day. Not the actual persons, but the the organization. They still exist to this day, and they still control the world. In fact, all governments pretty much lie in bed with this group of people. Uh, are you people are you that- talking about? What are you talking well, about? I'm not going to put any words in your mouth. Who, what yeah. is this group of what people, Mike? What is this group of people? Because we really got to go into other colors. All right. Okay, Catholics. Okay, so Catholics. Uh, so, so the Catholics the Catholic got a hold of the the, the, the books and um, changed it. But the, you know, there are the the Black Sea Scrolls. They've found um, actually other uh, other They're gospels true. out there. They've looked at these documents. They they relatively match up in ways. So, I mean, except for certain things, like Christian, as far as Christianity is concerned. Christmas has nothing to do with Christ. That's absolutely true. Uh, absolutely true. Um, Easter, all of these, all of these holidays have absolutely nothing to do with Christianity. Hundred so percent true. Only point out one, one point that somebody in power decided to use it to their advantage to gain the control of the masses, the people, and to this very same day, we still follow those same traditions. That's true. Even though. You know, I think that they probably did it for the purposes of making the their religion more palatable to the particular group of uh, pagans that they or natives or, or savages or whatever they wanted to call them at the time that they were trying to convert. So they they'll they'd pick up a little bit of theirs the and along the way these things Easter have changed. Angle. You know, I don't the know reason, that yeah. the I, reason why you're as confused as you are, just like as many oh, we're confused out there. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't confused. seem con- no, I'm not confused. Sorry. <laughs> Let me explain. Because <laughs> Tell me how I'm confused. You've seen all the hypocrisy within the uh, by by man. They're not. These are the same men that are not following what the Bible had stated for them to do all along. The same way this this government is being ran. I'll give you a short example. You know, I don't. Want, I don't want to hear it. I think that if they followed what the Bible had told them to do, there's a no, lot of bad no. stuff in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, 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 it's not. It's just the way you, you interpret it. The same okay. People, well, let me put it like this. I think this is going to be people, get old pretty how, quick. Let me, let me give you this. How can a group of people who say, say they claim um, Jesus as their Savior and Lord will turn right back around and go overseas, kill all the men in, the, in, in South America, enslave all the women, and tell them that if they don't teach their children to follow a certain type of guideline that they want, then they're all going to go to hell. I guess yeah, they do it the same way as the awful. Israelites did when they, um, when when Moses and Joshua told them that go in and slaughter every man, woman, and child, every animal in the city of Ai. Um, in another city, um, when they were conquering the land of milk and honey, there, uh, you know, they they told I'm them that you could have all the virgins. I wonder what they did with them. Um, you know, I mean, these are, this is <laughs> this is actually stuff that's written in the Bible. I, I can imagine where they got these ideas from. The thing is, there's also archaeological. I mean, I'm sorry, I can't even pronounce that word. I archaeological. Never that word. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. There are also facts to everything that you were stating before. They found sea cells on. Um, I forgot the name of the mountain. Yeah, they I mean, so a lot of people have claimed that they have found archaeological evidence, but how good is that evidence? I mean, we can be critical of that and evaluate it whether we think it's true, and I think that a lot of that evidence is not very convincing. Mike, thank you for the call. I really appreciate it. Uh, free Talk Live.
Free Talk Lives, live Saturday edition. We have, uh, well, gotten stuck in the religious mire. This is really the, the, the thing about Free Talk Live is since everybody can call in about anything, and so many people are, their lives are based around the philosophy of, of some religion or another, that at some point during most conversations, uh, during most evenings, one of these conversations is going to come up and then, then it sticks, you know, because once, uh, once we start talking about it, everybody wants to talk about it because it is, it is a controversial subject. Well, and it is very relevant to freedom. You know, there are certain ideas within religions that are really anti-freedom, and that's why I think they it's important to talk about. They are convenient things for governments to control people with. Do you have a company that does uh, collections or, or do you need a company that does collections, early out billing, that kind of thing? Well, SACL CAI is the company for you. They do collections, early out billing and purchase charged off receivables. And they are very respectful. They know that you want to keep your clients as well as collecting your money. Uh, so check out their banner at freetalklive.com and make sure to do businesses that uh, to do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. It is the top banner on the right-hand side of the page, the Sickle CAI banner. Let's go to David in Eureka. David? Well, I'm close there in Arcata, and uh, I very much appreciate your show and the fact that you so much uh, welcome and entertain diverse opinions, and I think that's what free speech is all about, so thank you. And I much find myself in agreement with your guest. I wanted to share with you a study that was done, I guess now it's been more than 30, 30 years ago. It began at the criminology and the sociology departments of UCLA, and they wanted to learn what was the religious belief of those who committed and got convicted of crimes. And uh, uh, some very interesting findings. They found that um, um, that the Baha'is and Unitarians, there was uh, unity, some religions had very, very low crime rate, but they were surprised to learn that the lowest of it all was the atheists and the agnostics. They were mm. not inclined to commit crimes. Mm. Some people say, well, if you didn't believe you were going to hell if you did crimes, why would you do that? The, the reality is that crimes, very, very few are atheists that get uh, convicted do you know, crimes. That's very I think interesting. That, I think that I, w- I would agree that um, atheists are generally some very moral folks. Now, but I yeah. I found over time that sort of lots agnostic has really come into fashionability at this point. If this is a thirty year old uh, a study, I just wonder if this would be true with uh, agnostics these days because they, you know, well, I mean, I'd like, I'd like comes- to share a little bit more on it because what the, happened was they also found that. The highest among the religious beliefs was the Catholics or the commission of crimes, and that's mm. a real bad note with the Catholic uh, theologians and whatnot. So, so one could speculate um, on many different causes for this. Uh, David was your name? I'm sorry? Yep. Okay. So, David, I think this is a very interesting study, and uh, I appreciate you sharing it with us. And I think the first thing that came to mind with me is that, um, you know, maybe these ideas of reward and punishment, i.e., you know, scaring kids with thoughts of hell or uh, attempting to uh, uh, bribe them with thoughts of heaven, is not an effective way to stimulate a genuine concern for other human beings. And how can you really propagate morality by saying all you have to do is ask for forgiveness? I mean, this is... Really, yeah, right. If you a, sin, you, you can be might, forgiven, right? <laughs> you might be interested to learn that the, the Loyola and uh, the Loyola and I guess it was Marquette they had their sociology and criminology departments do a follow-up study, and they collected a great deal more data and found it was even worse than the UCLA report. And they did indeed draft a whole book trying to explain 
why that might be the case, and they did come up with any a number of reasons. So, hmm. but it just—it's a reality that I think I'm—I accept, I live with it, and uh, I would like to also share. I don't have time to do it. That I think also that nine one one was an inside job, and I do believe that our country can keep the lid on some of the most outrageous secrets imaginable. That's one man's opinion. Thanks. Well, they can, they can certainly try. I think the Internet makes it a lot more difficult for them to do that, especially with organizations like WikiLeaks and stuff. Yeah. David Ray Griffin, who did his own extensive research on 911, and when he came to the conclusion that this was indeed an inside job, he found the only reporters he could talk to, he had to go to Europe and speak at universities if he wanted to get his information out. Hmm. David, so, thank, thank you for the call. Let's go to Lance in Abilene. Lance? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Um, I was raised as an atheist. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I was hardcore atheist, and I did come to convert to Christianity when I was 19. I went to UC Berkeley, very liberal school. Uh, I became a conservative, and it's just interesting listening to the conversation, because I know what it's like to think like an atheist, but the, the idea that one must believe that the Bible is word for word, syllable for syllable, God's word, is not required to become a Christian. I would agree with that entirely. And by the way, I, you know, I, you won't hear me say that those people are, you know, that the Christians are dumb, and I don't, we don't say anti-Christian stuff on here. Generally, what I say is people that want to control other people's lives um, in the form of their religion are Pharisees, uh, you know, modern-day Pharisees, and True. I'll say that people that take many of these stories in the Bible, uh, these these sort of stories that people told or these uh, allegories, and they take them as truth, that that's silly. I think religion opens the door for a lot of harm done to a lot of people, and I also... Um, you know, yes, you don't have to take every word for word and be a biblical literalist to be a Christian, but you know, you have to do, you do have to believe certain key facts, and I don't think that those facts are necessarily consistent with reality. Well, and you're right. The, the two key facts one must believe to be a Christian is that Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead three days after being dead, not in a coma, and then, the, and also that Jesus Christ is Lord, or in other words, that He's an authority, a spiritual authority over us. Now, if he was raised from the dead, then then we can take the teachings of Christ because they're very. We know that his teachings were accurately reproduced. We know what Jesus believed, although there are discrepancies in the New Testament. The discrepancies are minor; doesn't affect any major. Well, I don't know that that's. I don't know that's entirely true because basically, Mark was written first, as I understand it, and it was written Correct. somewhere like forty years after Jesus was um, was alive. And so this is, you know, this isn't even one of the apostles here, Mark, um, and it wasn't even him writing it. It was some of the followers of him. So, I mean, there you have a big disparity. And one thing that bothers me about this, uh, Lance, do you believe in hell? Yes, but I still grapple with understanding what it is, I believe. As to who goes there, whether it's demons or well, individuals? Well, yeah, I was I, taught I that if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is your uh, personal Lord and Savior, that, Savior, that you go to someplace so bad that it's bad to infinity. It's it's bad to infinity plus infinity. Um, infinity times infinity. That's that, that kind of nonsense. And That must have been really scary. Right, Mark. that's scary. That, that, really, that scary. really can mess a kid up, and yeah. I believe it did mess, mess me up. And I, th- I actually, my personal personal belief is that 
I went to prison and I got involved in the terrible things that I got involved in as a youth because of the religious bullcrap that I was taught. That's what my personal belief is. And people that say that they're going to teach morality to their kids by teaching them these dumb stories are really doing their kids a disservice because I think it can really mess up the minds of some uh, some of these kids. But you know, yeah, it's in, it's extrinsic motivation. It's it's um, the threat of external punishment motivating behavior instead of a genuine regard for other people's feelings and empathy for fellow human beings and and understanding that kind of thing. And I think once the rewards and punishments are taken away in a system like that, there's no incentive to behave well, quote-unquote. Well, the bottom line is, if Jesus, in fact, was dead for three days, his human body was a corpse for three days, and if he did rise again from the dead, if they then be, then we owe him our allegiance because... I don't owe him anything. No. Why would I owe him that? Why do I owe him that? If he was dead and then he rose again, and if he is the son of God, why do I owe God anything? I think it would be the only logical conclusion what could come to. If well, what if you question that premise? Well, as far as I'm concerned, if this God is the God of the Bible, he stinks. I don't believe that. I believe in God. I do not believe in the God of the Bible because I believe the God of the Bible is an evil being because he would create, uh, you know, good people, uh, people that, you know, are logically trying to figure these things out, and then he would send them to hell if they came up with an answer different than the one that he, uh, you know, wanted to come up with. And, you know, well, that supposed to be a loving gives God. all this confusing information yeah. Um, out to people. He comes onto the, the earth for 33 years and doesn't write a sting, single single thing down on a piece of paper. He's a religious scholar, for God's sake. Doesn't write anything down on a piece of paper that I can be able to see. I mean, that's fair. He does miracles in front of some guy. Of course, that guy believes him. He didn't do any miracles in front of me, so he creates an unfair situation where I have uh, the, the I have the onus of belief. And that's, you know, to me, that's not a fair and just God. The only way people accept this stuff is if they're told it at a very young age, and it's, run, it's unfortunate. Not Lance. Lance was a convert. Yeah, Go usually. on, Lance, uh, real quick. Uh, bottom line is, if you rose from the dead, it's only logical to consider him Lord and Savior. To consider him not Lord and Savior would be illogical if, if he rose from the dead. Thanks. Free Talk Live. 